you're listening to Payments Innovation, a podcast dedicated to helping business leaders navigate today's global digital economy. Looking to learn about the latest innovations within fintech and payments? You've come to the right place. Let's get into the show. So hi, and welcome to, I guess, the the new inaugural version or inaugural episode of Payments Innovation, our new and improved video setting live from, I guess, our bedrooms and our living rooms. I'm Richard Arundel. I'm general manager and co-founder of Currency Cloud. Um, and I'm delighted to be joined by two of my fabulous colleagues. We've got Chris. Say hi, Chris. Hello, world. And Cara. Hello. And Cara, it's great actually to see you in a professional setting because normally when I talk to you, you have your bar in the background. And yes, we can I'm kind just- of tell what day of the week it is by how, how far the, the level of the spirits. Exactly. But today I'm trying to be healthy. So uh, if you want to follow me on my Peloton, feel free. <laughs> um, so listen, this is, we, we thought we'd do a brief introduction. But I think each of us are going to start running little mini series on various topics. But we started talking about payments, the Payments Innovation Podcast, why we set up in, in, in the first place. And we actually set it up. We, we had our first episode kind of back in the end of 2017. And I think at that point we were kind of talking to anybody and everybody. In, in North America. Everybody can tell from my accent, I'm not a Native American. And no. having come over from London, I thought what was quite interesting is, you know, the US is five or 10 years behind perhaps the rest of the world when it comes to innovation in, in payments and, and, and fintech. So I thought it was quite interesting to get different perspectives. But now we're trying to really laser focus on what's going on now and what, what's coming next. And I think with, with the, the COVID pandemic, I think it's quite interesting, especially in our space, because Whereas innovation was perhaps um, a choice beforehand, now I think it's a, a necessity. And I'm probably going to turn over to Chris and, and you know, when you're, you're talking to, to customers, talking to prospects, kind of where are you focused? Where, where's the kind of interesting innovation coming from from your side? Yeah, so I think that, well, even just to go back to the behind five to 10 years, I think you look at the, the wave in the UK about you know, like five, five years ago at the Challenger Banks. Um, and you see that the U.S. is a little bit behind, and I think a lot of that has to do with the regulatory aspect. Whereas in the U.K., you get you know one license and you can operate and passport to to the EU, and you operate as a challenger bank. Uh, but here in the states, um, it took a while for 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 companies to figure out how to get to market without having, I guess, just how to get to market. Whether that's go out and get licensed in in, in you know all the states as far as money transmission, um, do they apply for a banking license or uh, which obviously most of what we're doing now is you know, going through a sponsor bank. And then within that, uh, I think from when I started, maybe four or five, no, three, three to four years ago, it's a space that we really didn't understand here in the US as far as currency cloud goes. We tried to replicate uh, what was happening in the UK. And as we dig deeper, you really uh, figure out how many players are in the ecosystem. And to me, that's the most interesting because um, there's so many opportunities there. In regards to the innovation side of it for the challenger banks, I would say you have the, that C to C. So you have uh, the Varos of the world and the chimes of the world that obviously have, uh, have raised a, a good amount of money uh, up, up to this date. But I think we're going to start to see uh, a massive wave in the B2B side. And so that transformation to really serve that SME or even a larger enterprise and giving them tools uh, to operate in banking services and then maybe even offering it to their customers. So, you know, one of our customers, Mercury Business Bank, um, really operates at startups and they give them um, a lot of innovative tools through API technology that their traditional banks won't provide them. And so to see that innovation go from the consumer and transform into 
uh, the business sense, which adds in a lot more complexity. Uh, there's, you know, the compliance is different. The different tools that you need to operate in regards to uh, a traditional fintech is completely different than your your typical consumer bank. And so, really interesting to stay at the forefront of that and um, really see these these acquisitions and, and funding uh, news that are coming out. You know, the recent acquisition of SoFi with Galileo is really interesting. Uh, SoFi's we're basically becoming a bank, uh, and they're really you know, taking in the processor and the program manager in that sense of it. So I'm happy to, to, to transition more to a focus on my side uh, to really focus in on that ecosystem, uh, to talk with sponsor banks, uh, with their programs and the, and the processors, and just get an idea of you know, how they're looking at the landscape, how they value opportunity, and, and really looking at ways that they can innovate and, and stretch to, to, to further opportunities for themselves as well. So um, really, really looking forward to that, taking it more um, specific in that sense of things. And, you know, with that, I'll kick it over to Kara. Hey, everyone. I'm really excited to be part of this series as well because I come from more of the traditional banking space where innovation is honestly a little bit slower and, and much harder to adopt kind of best of breed ideas. And, and that's a whole episode I'll probably dig into, but not going to unpack that today. But in my newest role here at Currency Cloud, which is the Director of Partnerships for North America, I'm so excited to really explore the partnership landscape in fintech in North America and, and how it really is such an ecosystem play. I think that you know, in order to, to really deliver a lot of these best-in-class experiences, these different fintechs out there, they can't be everything to everyone, right? You know, we've seen different types of companies try to build everything themselves and really kind of have a a subpar uh, customer experience for their customers. And I think the ones that have really excelled and exceeded are those that embrace partnerships and really take a look first at what should the ideal customer experience be and then do a build by partner analysis from there. And so throughout the series, I'm going to be speaking with a lot of different uh, folks that are either current partners or future partners, hopefully, and talk about the different partnership models really and, and what does it take to be a good partner in this space. And I think the key thing there is that you have to align your corporations together, right? Uh, I think it starts at the top. What is the mission and vision of each of, your, of each of your companies and do they align with each other? And then from there, it's aligning every single business unit within those companies, respective companies to all ensure mutual success for that partnership. So it's not just about your technology talking to each other anymore. You know, having good APIs isn't going to cut it. You have to make sure that you're looking at it from a compliance perspective, a legal perspective, customer service perspective, marketing, sales, right? Every single one of those has to be aligned around the partnership. And I think that's where you start to see some, some really beautiful relationships start to shine in this space and in this ecosystem. Um, I think the other interesting thing is, is around regulation too. So Chris, you touched on it a little bit, but it's so complicated <laughs> here to try to uh, become a fintech and regulate, uh, you know, get all the regulations that you need yourself. And so one other area that has really been fun to kind of see grow and unfold is, is around these partner banks or sponsor banks. So um, there's a handful out there. There's probably about 50 or so today. Some of them that are you know, larger than others, you know, some have just a single brand, fintech brand that they're working with, and others have upwards of hundreds. But that's, a, that's an area where you see the more traditional kind of community banks putting on their innovation hats and saying, what, do, what is it that we do best? And that is provide regulation, compliance, right? And, and that banking infrastructure, and then let the technologists do what they do best, which is build great technology. And then obviously the business people do what they do, which is market and, and create a great brand. So I'm going to kick it back to you, Rich. I'm, I'm really excited to be part of this series. I think it's interesting. I, I, I look at, I guess, the world of innovation in three buckets. And you've got the 
the challengers who want to become a bank or to become a financial service company. There are challenges around that, but actually how they're doing it from a digital perspective is leveraging the, the, the ecosystem, working with partners, you can get them to market quicker. I think then in the middle, you have these non-traditional FIs who are looking to offer some financial services to their customers consciously. So the Shopify's of the world who are saying, actually, this is a core part of delivering a great customer experience and um, you know, controlling a lot of that uh, value chain. And then all the way at the other end are the companies where actually, especially payments, is a critical part of the customer journey, but not necessarily part of the, their core competency. They, they kind of want to offer it, but they don't want to own it. And this whole concept of, I guess, embedded finance and embedded payments is really interesting. So I think where I'll be focusing is on those kind of last two. Uh, and that, for me, is kind of looking forward to the future around how people are kind of embedding this. Um, all being driven, uh, I think, Chris, you touched on it, you know, the consumer, the, the digitalization of the consumer's health, um, be it through financial services companies, banks like China and Varo, or through software applications. I always use the example of Uber, Airbnb, et cetera. It's, it's just within the application. But I think really the innovation that, that I'm excited to talk to people about is where it happens in the B2B space. Because you know, typically, especially when it comes to payments, you know, it's, it's, as, um, it's quicker to probably FedEx your money across to Europe than it is to do it through your traditional kind of banking structure, which is crazy. Uh, when especially in, you know, from a, a consumer point of view, I can send it it's there instantly. So that's what I'll be focused on. Um, I actually had, a, I guess, a question for, for you, Chris. In terms of what you see as driving the innovation from the customers you're speaking to, you know, I've touched on customer experience. And we're not going to make this about COVID and about the pandemic. As I said earlier, it's, I think people's hands are being forced. But, but why this sudden jump? For the last five, 10 years, the US has been in kind of this analog space. I always find it quite interesting that now they're talking about, oh, this is great. And you know, we're starting to get more digital. We, we now have contactless on one of the lines in the, you know, the, the, the subway in Manhattan. The, the Oyster card came out in, in the UK, I think, in like 2002. So I find that quite amusing. But why do you think there's this sudden drive for digitalization? What's, what's behind that? What's driving that? So I think it's just, it's, it's happening with every other service, right? And so if you think about like how you watch TV, you, you go through Netflix or you go through your streaming provider, you know, how, how do you shop? You shop through Amazon, you know, on your phone. Uh, and, and most of your applications are, are done that way. So why isn't banking done that? Um, and I think as the consumer, you know, becomes their lifestyle changes and becomes the expected changes from all of their providers. And then in the banking world, the bigger banks just didn't transform fast enough. And so the, you know, the, the, the transformers come in and they really, you know, figure out how to make a, make a statement. The problem I think previous was that no one really knew how to break down the bank. It was more of like a, a, a battle um, it wasn't, there was no opportunities for partnering, you know, they were treating fintechs as, you know, a threat. Uh, and, and I think that's significantly changed because it's inevitable that they're taking away market share. And so it's, it's about, and it's a smart move by those, you know, the smaller community banks or, you know, the, the less revenue banks, you know, how do they compete and how do they get revenue? And this is one of the models is that they leverage out their their license, uh, and and that's and really what they become is an infrastructure. You know, they, they don't need to deal with the end customer. They have a, a challenger bank on top of them that are selling their services and they're getting the deposits anyway. It's a smart move by the banks, and you'll see like some of them are, are becoming more tech friendly now. So you got uh, one of our clients, Radius Bank, 
Um, now they're starting to offer APIs and they're going to win more of that, that business. And then I think to, to capitalize on what you said earlier, as far as the consumer space, you think about uh, a consumer like, like us here, you know, how, how you operate with your financial services and how, and how you buy things. And like I said, watch, watch movies and things like that. Um, we're not going to accept that at the business level anymore. And so when you go to work, your nine to five should not be any different than outside of work. And so the way that operates, the way you, you send your invoices, the way you make your payments, the, you know, the way you buy or, or interact with, with other you know, businesses and things like that, that all needs to be digitized. And it will because the consumers are going to drive that in the business world. And so you know, us, we're at the front lines you know, having those conversations and, and really seeing the, those innovators come in. Um, to really try to, to to win that market share and really educate the customer saying that it's it's out there. And I think the biggest change, uh, as I mentioned in the last five years, is the banks basically opening up to a friendly partnership rather than seeing us fintechs as a threat. And you know, our partner bank here in the States, Community Federal Savings Bank, I mean, look at their portfolio. They they serve like a good 50 programs and they, you know, they're they're they come with open arms. Now it's not cheap. By any means, um, but neither is going to get regulated on your own, right? And so it's, it's, really say, it's, a, it's a downside cheaper than you know, and and, and um, uh, quicker than going the own route, the own route of getting state by state regulation. You know, millions of dollars and and, and years of, of time to go and do that. So exactly. And then news last week is pretty shocking to me. Is the is the Goldman Sachs Amazon deal? It's really exactly what we're doing in the, in the sponsor bank world, only at a higher scale. Right? I mean, they're providing lending services to Amazon sellers. So they're essentially an infrastructure for Amazon to do lending. It, it's just, it's exactly what we're doing on the fintech level at a, just a, a, a higher scale. And so you really think about it, like it's, it's happening across all, you know, spectrums of, of market share, 100%. Yeah, it's like they're kind of finding a good place for themselves, you know, to operate as that, that underwriter, I guess. And yeah. Yeah, especially in the US, you know, where regulation is, is so tough. And it'll be interesting to see, I think, especially in, in your world, Cara, how these partnerships start to evolve and how long that lasts for. And it, it might be a happy kind of equilibrium between processes, banks, fintech companies. Who gets greedy? You know, who, who wants to move into space? And, and I've seen it in, in, in different parts of you. Said you. You have issuers, you have processes, and you have issuer processes. Um, so would you become a kind of bank issuer process of fintech banking as a service kind of layer? It's really interesting. Uh, yeah. so I think that there'll be some, some interesting conversations you're going to have with people in that space. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's, it will be very interesting, especially because, again, speaking a bit more about what bank tech has looked like in the past decade or beyond, right? And, and you see some of these, the exact same thing happened, right? Where you had a lot of these really innovative bank techs that get scooped up by the Pfizer's and FIS's of the world, which is I mean, listen, that's, that's, that's a dream for a fintech owner, right? Um, that's a great exit strategy. But as these behemoths get larger and larger, does it start to stifle innovation? And so that's, you know, it'll be interesting to see right now, this, this, in, this industry is so nascent in terms of the sort of the, the, the fintech world with the, the partner banks and sponsor banks. But as it grows, as, as they say, the cream rises to the top. And it'll be interesting to see, will consolidation start to happen? But we're just not there yet. So this is kind of a a fun wave to ride right now in terms of uh, may the best may the best win, <laughs> and and we'll get to see that unfold. Awesome. Well, listen, I think that's 
probably uh, that probably does it for this this first episode. We'll have plenty of really exciting guests coming on the show, and they'll be speaking to probably one of us, one of us three. And who knows? At some point in the future, these may even be done from the comfort of an office. But for now, we are yeah, we're lucky in terms of we're we're a you know remote first organisation, and actually you know a lot of our customers are the same. Uh, but that doesn't mean you won't see any of my children going to run through at some point. Um, and I make no apologies for that because it is that the world we're in. <laughs> It it humanizes (laughs) us all, right? It does. All right. Great. Thanks, guys. Currency Cloud is an online payments company that makes international money transfers fast and simple for businesses. We're building a borderless future where international transactions are seamless for a better user experience. Discover the world's most trusted payment platform and our toolkit of developer-friendly APIs at currencycloud.com. You've been listening to the Payments Innovation Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe now in iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. Until next time.